Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grab a blanket and get comfortable. The Grab a Blanket podcast starts in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. with Wings Productions presents Grab a Blanket, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. We've all lived through some trying times in the past couple of years. We've had to find new ways of doing things, creative solutions to problems we'd never dreamed of. We've had to revisit our relationships with work, family, friends, and even ourselves. And when things became overwhelming... We had to dig deep to find ways to bring a feeling of comfort, joy, and safety into our lives. In this podcast, we'll explore the different ways we find solace and peace of mind. This is your moment to settle in, get cozy, relax, light a candle, grab a blanket, spend a little time with us as we explore the various paths that people take to add a little joy to their lives. My guest today is Amy L., I first connected with Amy years ago when I was still living in Montreal. She ran a blog called Collected Sounds that reviewed and interviewed women musicians, which was right up my alley. It wasn't until three or four years later when I connected with my now husband and moved to Minneapolis that I realized that not only did she live here as well, her dad and my father-in-law were very close friends. Small world. Eventually, my husband, who's a realtor, helped Amy and her husband sell their house and find a new home. Then a few years after that, Amy suggested I turn one of my stories into a podcast, which set me off on a tangent I'd never dreamed of just over one year ago now. 
I have her to thank for so much of the creative projects that have come together this year, including the Skylark Bell podcast, its soundtrack, the upcoming lyric and storybook, and now this podcast, Grab a Blanket. Speaking of podcasts, Amy has some fantastic ones, including Collected Sounds, my personal favorite, Volstedland, which follows the trials and tribulation of famous, or should I say infamous, Minneapolis mobster Kid Can, and a new one yet to be released called Tales from the Shift, where she interviews people about unique jobs they've had. Spoiler, I spoke to her about my time working the overnight shift as a nurse's aide in a convent in my late teens, just to give you an idea of the content. Amy and I share a love of all things spooky and unusual, so I'm quite interested to see which direction the conversation will go as we chat about the ways in which she brings comfort to her life. As promised, each episode will feature a recipe provided by our guest, so be sure to check our show notes for Amy's Dutch baby recipe. Okay, it's time to get cozy, settle in. The comfort station starts now. Hi, Amy. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Grab a Blanket. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. Neither one of us has a blanket today because, surprisingly for Minnesota, it's it's kind of warm. It is. It's actually pretty warm. What I think it's 42. My computer says it's 42. See? I, I mean, some people right now that live in other places are going, oh my gosh, 42. <laughs> but for us in December, that's amazing. My husband's it out is. golfing. I mean, you don't even need a jacket hardly. I know. No, it's yeah. great. I was just out there in this sweater. And now I'm thinking maybe I want to take it off. I don't really need it. Speaking of your sweater and your your shirt, you're wearing your <laughs> Volstedland shirt, which I love. Nobody can see it, of course, because we're we're audio. But um, it's a pretty sweet shirt. So Thanks. Volstedland is one of your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, it's my favorite. I know you've got another one coming, but um, you do a great job. Do you want to talk quickly a little bit about what Volstedland is about? Sure. Um, so it is uh, about the seedy underbelly. I like to say, of um, Minneapolis in the 1920s, 30s. And we got a little bit further on to to the 50s and even into 1961, I think, is where we stopped. Um, But it's it's basically the life story following, focusing on anyway, um, a Minnesota mobster whose name was Isidore Blumenfield. And he, his, uh, what, gang name or whatever you want to call it, his mobster name was Kid Can. And so I, um, I learned about him from you (laughs) and that, I don't know if you want to go into that story or it's probably, you know, it's already been told on other podcasts, but yes, let's just say that I was at Amy's house and I ran into a long departed kid can at her house and that sparked this whole, this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I started looking up stuff about him because Melissa was going to tell the story on her podcast, and so I started um, I started looking up um, info about him just to give her a little background on him, anything more than she'd already known, but she did look up herself, and um, and I found that his story was super fascinating, and the fact that he kept getting into trouble and kept getting out of it, and I figured there was more to that story, so I started digging. A little deeper, and every time, every time I would uncover something new, or like an adjacent story that was really fascinating, and so um, 
I kind of went down a few rabbit holes, uh, but we tried to stay focused on Kid Can, and that was our our first season, which we just ended um, about two weeks ago. I think we released our last episode, and now we're sort of on hiatus, although my co-host Heather and I are both researching stories for season two, and season two is going to be the same time frame and some of the same people that we've already talked about in season one but we're going to do like deeper dives on some of these stories that we just touched on in season one. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's, I just love it. I I have a little bit of catching up to do, but it's such a great, you know, it, it reads like a movie, but it's real. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's it's hard to believe. Yeah. It's hard to believe some of the things that, that, that happened and that this guy did and got away with. I know. (laughs) It really is. The cast of characters. Yeah. Um, anyway, so today we're here to talk about things that bring us comfort. And now what's funny about you and I is we have a mutual kind of interest or love of all things kind of spooky and unexplained and unusual. And we were kind of joking, how do we make that comfortable? You know? <laughs> but but in a way, I don't know, I do find it comforting I do um, too. to read these, you know, read or experience these things in a certain way. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was trying to figure out why that is. Why do these kind of spooky, unexplained, unusual things, you know, make me feel calm and happy? <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I don't, do you have thoughts? What, what do you think I, it is? I can't tell you why, but I can tell you that one of my favorite things to do is to flip on forensic files and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have take forensic files naps at least once a week. And just whenever I'm watching TV and I'm starting to feel sleepy, I'll just flip on Pluto and they have forensic files channel that just plays them all back to back. And, and I'm out like a light. <laughs> and and they also have a podcast which is just the audio of the of the episodes. So I will download like four or five of those, click that on when I go to bed, and I sleep like a baby. And just fall asleep. Isn't that so funny? And you know, there must be something to it because obviously the last two years at least, but definitely the last two years have been a little tough. Yeah. And um and yet I feel like and maybe it started before that, and I'm only noticing it because I'm entering the podcast game in the last year or so, but there are so many true crime podcasts, yes. and and just, it, it's it's such a huge thing. And you mm-hmm. would think that things like that would be kind of upsetting or unsettling, or, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're already stressed, you don't want to, and yet people are gravitating toward it. So it's really interesting. I don't know if they're trying to like bring resolution or if it's just somebody else has it worse than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. it's, I find it fascinating um, that in these difficult times, we're turning toward things like that. But somehow, yeah. you know, it, it seems to be bringing comfort to people. Right. Well, I think part of the true crime thing, especially it's mostly women that that listen yes. or yeah. uh, consume true crime stories. Um, I think it's because so often we're the victim. Mm-hmm. And so we're usually these stories have a resolution. Yes. The killer gets caught. He, you know, he goes to prison or whatever, or he gets killed. Um, and I, so I think there's, it's partly that it's partly maybe um, learning what to look out for. Mm-hmm. learning to see the signs in somebody that's creepy that you want to get away from or, you know, um, what to do in a situation if you're in a situation that you want to get out of, what to do. And so I think part of it is honestly education, mm-hmm. but part of it also, I love the um, the 
puzzle solving of it. Like, I like stories where they give you what happened and then they give you a bunch of clues and then you're sort of figuring it out along with the detectives and coming to the, you know, I'll call. He did it long before they get to that part where they actually say who it was. Um, And I love that. That's just fun to to solve puzzles, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great distraction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Then and again, it is a great learning experience for women yeah. too. That's I hadn't thought about that, but that's really, really, I, I, that's probably totally accurate. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I'm just no, yeah, it but up, it but. makes sense. It makes sense because we do have to be, unfortunately, more on guard mm-hmm. generally, yeah, uh, than men do. So that makes that makes sense. Well. Skipping on to other, maybe more lighter fare. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's the holiday season. There's no escaping it, right? I've got a big old tree right next to me here that is just off camera. So, um, of course, I'm sure our conversation will turn to that a little bit. But uh, even outside of that, are there certain things that maybe as a child you had or did or turned to that brought comfort that you still do today? Um. There's things that comforted me when I was a child were my stuffed animals and my blanket. I had a, a blanket, a blue blanket when I was little. I called it Boobanky. And it had the, the, um, the soft, satiny, rubby stuff on the outside. So um, there was, that was my, I had to have that. And in fact, my parents went on a trip, or we all went on a trip. Um, I think we were to Madeline Island, Mackinac Island. That's the one where there's no cars on, right? You have to okay. take a ferry. Yep. And I had left my blanket at the hotel, and we had gotten on the ferry, and we were on the mainland, and I lost myself, and <laughs> <laughs> and my parents had to organize somebody to go back over to the hotel and bring it back on the next ferry, oh, so no. that I could get my blanket back because I had lost my mind. Oh. So, but I did get my grungy old blanket back. Good. I don't know how old I was, maybe five or six, probably yeah. too old to be throwing a fit like that. But yeah, no, that was, I, I think, had to have that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting when we're little how certain, and it stays with us, right? Uh, like yeah. we remember those objects forever. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. good that we remember that because then when our children do that, we can, we can understand we know and how empathize. They felt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, grab a blanket. <laughs> yeah, it really it, it is. And I guess one of the things I, I like now still is, I mean, you know, I know it's the name of the podcast, but I have some really soft, furry, comfortable mm-hmm. blankets that when I'm sitting in my office and I'm cold and I decide I'm going to take a break from what I'm doing, I'll just go sit on the couch and pull those blankets all over me and they're nice and soft and fuzzy and it is very comforting. It's a real thing. It is. And you don't have stuffed animals, but you have real animals. I have real animals. (laughs) Yeah. My happy place is in the morning when I wake up and all the animals are around me. I'm in the bed (laughs) and I have, you know, one on every side of me and one on my leg and one on my head and and, um, just laying there with everybody sleeping. It's really nice. I never want to get up. Because you have, is it four, four dogs? Four dogs. Yeah. Wow. And for a while you had a couple cats. We had a couple cats, yeah. Three dogs and two cats, or four, still four dogs. I think dogs we and- had, yeah, at one time we did have four dogs and two cats. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because we had, yeah, we had our inherited Yorkie. Yes. And we still had the two cats. 
Okay, so are there any rituals? Well, I guess this, the, what you just described, waking up in the morning with all the dogs, but mm-hmm. are there any, is there anything like that? Or even, I guess we hear the term self-care a lot. Yeah. I bring that back to comfort, but um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any kind of rituals or, or habits or things like that that, uh, um, that you do? I do every morning. Um, I make breakfast and I sit at the breakfast, but we have a bar in the basement and I sit there, there's a TV right above, and I sit there and I eat my breakfast and I watch episode an episode of The Dead Files, which is a show about uh, a medium that goes into people's homes and tries to help them figure out what kind of entities are in their home. And then she has a partner who's a retired police detective, and he investigates the research is the house and the people who lived there before and gets their stories. And then they come together at the end and talk about, she talks about what she's seen. He talks about the history of the house or the neighborhood or the land. And um, it's, it's just really, really interesting how she sees this stuff and then he corroborates it. And he's, he's kind of a skeptic and he's always blown away by the fact that she saw what he investigated what he what he learned yeah wow so it's what just a way to start the day i know i just sit there and i do that and i and i play solitaire with real cards nice <laughs> nice so I, I do that much my hour ritual every morning that's that's actually really great yeah it's fun i don't think there's one other person in the world who starts the day exactly like that probably not <laughs> that <laughs> probably sounds perfect not. to me i love it yeah so of course with the show i've promised everybody a recipe with mm. each episode from our guest and you don't have to necessarily unless you know what what you're going to share um but kind of on that topic are there certain foods that you know for example and this is kind of a weird thing but I became vegetarian oh my gosh almost 20 years ago and one of the things I miss is those traditional like meat pies or or the stew that my grandmama made, things like that. Um, and so now today, finally, 20 years later, I can kind of replicate a lot of those. But uh, I'm just wondering, like, are there certain foods that you think of when, you know, you've had a really crappy day and you're coming home? What are you looking for? What do you want to eat? Yeah, mostly it's going to be pasta. Nice. It's going to be... Um, like a stroganoff or a macaroni and cheese or something like that. Um, I'm a carbaholic, so anything uh-huh. that's like like stuffing and mashed potatoes is my favorite part of Thanksgiving. I could I could get rid of everything else as long as I have those things. And so anything that's like soft and yes. savory and you know that kind of thing. But the recipe that I was thinking of giving you is for a Dutch baby. Ooh. Which, do you know what they are? Is it like a type of a pancake? Yes, it's it's like a giant popover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Ooh. so you make it in the in a skillet, and you can add anything you want in it. It's basically flour, eggs, salt. I think there might be a little bit of sugar, but it's not really a sweet dish necessarily. You can make it a sweet dish, but um, so it's basically you whirl all that up in the blender and then pour it into a hot pan that's already been in the oven and has butter in it and it sizzles and so the outside gets kind of crusty and then the inside is nice and flaky and it puffs up and you can put blueberries or apples or anything like that in it or you can do like cheese or ham and cheese or whatever in it so 
Nice. That's, I like it's like a crepe. It lends itself to mm-hmm. either sweet or savory. That's yep. those are the best kind. Yeah. Because then you can do two. <laughs> you can yeah. have one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can have like a cheese one and then a, and then a sugar one after. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love it. So so Amy is also a, a foodie, mm-hmm. and um, you actually have a I don't is it a blog? Not really. Noodle Head is kind yeah, of yeah. I have a blog too, but I mostly put everything on social media on my Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, that's fun. It's fun to see what you what you what you cook. I love even though I I don't eat meat again, so there are a lot of things that I. I would have to adapt, but even just seeing... Now, there's one recipe, speaking of comfort food, there's one recipe that I got from you, and I have cooked it more often than I think anything else, and it's uh, it's like an, a coconut curry, an Indian coconut curry with cauliflower and homemade naan, and it is the most... Sometimes I'll throw a sweet potato in there or whatever if I have other veggies that need to need to get cooked, yep. but... It is it is so so yummy. Maybe I'll interview myself and share that recipe. There you go. <laughs> it's worth it. That It'll is be a, a good a one. Christmas bonus recipe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember where I found that one. I think maybe it was Bon Appetit. Um but it yeah, I've cooked that a few times too and it's super easy. It's really easy. Yeah. And I actually didn't have garam masala on hand, mm-hmm. and I still don't because I just Googled what was in it, and I had most of those. Yeah. I, I feel like you can you got to get loose with cooking, yes. right? You can't Absolutely. be uptight. You got to just kind of, you know, it's not going to be this exact same every time. It's Right, okay. right. Yeah. No, I am definitely more of a cook than a baker because I don't like to follow directions. Right. I like to... I like to uh, cook with my heart. <laughs> yeah. And whatever, you know, I measure measure with my heart instead of, I don't like to use tablespoons and and measuring cups and all that. I, I just like to throw stuff together and see what happens. Exactly. But then, then it turns out really great. And then you want to make it again and you can't because you have no idea what you did. <laughs> this is true. So I run into that a lot. Yeah, that does happen. Well, it's funny because my grandma, so she's in her 90s now, and uh, she's French-Canadian, of course. When I moved away and she was getting older and she has Alzheimer's, so I was trying to get some of her recipes while Mm. she still kind of had them in her mind. And even her baking recipes for cakes and things, it was like, and then you just put some milk. Oh. And I'm like, well, how much milk? Well, you know, just enough. (laughs) You know, and it's like, huh? And I think as far as baking went they kind of went with just the consistency. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know if part of it is because they didn't have access to French things all that mm-hmm. much. There was a lot of English around them. And then also maybe um, their reading and writing skills weren't top notch for oh, a certain sure. generation. Maybe like her pre, you know, her mom and grandma. Yeah, yeah. And so they just learned to bake and cook by just looking at mm-hmm. How things, you know, they remembered it was, okay, one egg. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would say a nut of butter, which I was like, what's a nut of butter? And she said, well, you know, big like a nut. Oh, sure. And then I'm like, well, like a hazelnut, a walnut? Like, <laughs> are we talking <laughs> a peanut? Or she talking? was like, you're yeah. overthinking this. You know? <laughs> but it's just so interesting to see how, how they operated compared to, you know, yeah. like a Martha Stewart recipe. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think my grandma really re- measured either. But she she wasn't a huge baker, but I don't I don't think she measured either. Yeah, I, maybe that's it. They just if I suppose if you're really good at it, I'm sure real good pastry chefs don't probably measure either. They've done it a million times and they know what I think it you is. Just they know. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get to know it by heart. What it's mm-hmm. supposed to look and feel and smell yeah. like, and yeah. go from there. Yeah. 
that's for those fabulous people who can bake every day and right. stuff. Yeah. Right. I have a friend <laughs> like that. She bakes amazing things. And everybody keeps telling her to, that she should open a bakery. And she's like, no, I don't want to do it for my job. Then I won't like it. I yeah. just want to do it for fun. Oh, that's a good friend to have. Yeah. Yeah. She's happy like to make that. whatever you want. <laughs> shout out shout out to the baking friend. Maybe yeah. I'll have to chat with her sometime. That's yes. a nice comforting. Nothing like a warm croissant on a cold oh, day. Oh, she'd be great. She'd be great for this. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, okay, so her hobbies are baking. What what are your hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? Um Well, I'm having a blast researching for this podcast. I didn't realize that I was a investigative journalist or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm having a lot of fun researching this. Um, I am meeting people who have a, a connection somehow. So I am meeting people who have something to do with the story or they knew him or they their parents knew him or um, or they have some sort of interest in in the same subject. And so I am, these people are, are popping out of the woodwork and I'm meeting with them and, and I'm having a blast talking to these people and making new friends and talking about this stuff that I didn't think anybody else in the whole world would care about. And, and they're like, I'm, there's a guy that came out of the woodwork that has been researching kid can and these people around him for 15 years. Oh, wow. And he gave me stacks and stacks of files Amazing. that he's been researching. I have to give them back, of course, but um, I've been going through them and scanning them and reading them. And it's just, it's so much fun just uncovering all this stuff. Like you said, it feels like a movie, but it's real. It's interesting that, you know, just to be real, he did some not so nice things. Yeah. But here we are today, and those not so nice things are like, bringing people together in a really nice way, That's you true. know? So it's yeah. almost almost like balancing the, the dark yeah. and the light a yeah. little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's something really cool about that. Yeah. That's I true. Like I hadn't that. thought about it that way. But, yeah, that's... Turn, turning the, what is it, lemon into lemonade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's something I like. I also like, you know, watching TV and movies and cuddling on the couch with my pups and cooking and so. cuddling with the dogs yeah. I, I don't know I love that yeah that's the best there's something about having a warm living thing yeah just leaning on you and just it, it's a mutual right we're comforting them too I think right. at the same time right. but yeah. yeah the two medium-sized dogs um they're both quite cuddly and they nice. surround me while I'm sleeping I love it yeah well, that brings me a little bit to uh, our next tangent. So we've talked about pets and whatnot. Are there people, whether it's a family member or a friend or even a, like a coworker or a place that you go that has a person you like to see? For example, I love going to our coffee shop because the people who work there are awesome. So are there like certain people that if you're having a bad day, you kind of gravitate toward, whether they know you're having a bad day or not, like yeah. you're just kind of inclined to go visit well, somebody? Well, I, I do have a few friends who are seem to be always positive, always ray of light kind of people. And you're one of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I always I always feel lighter when I talk to you and, and a, a, another friend I'm thinking of, too, who's just always, I mean, she can't possibly always be in a good mood. But, <laughs> but you know, whenever I see her, I talk to her, she is, or at least she's 
forcing it, <laughs> you yeah, know, fake no, it till you well, make she it. she probably feels happy but, to talk to you. You know what I well, mean? Maybe. I think it's a two-way, two, at least for me, that's how it is. Yeah, well, I try to, um, I try to be positive as much as possible, but, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, there are certain people that, um, that are just that kind of light, you know. That's the only way I can think of. It's just like a bright light. And, yeah. And, yeah, those are the people that you gravitate toward, for sure. Well, last on my list before my final question is places. <laughs> is there a place you turn to, you know, even if it's like a park or a museum or your house or your bedroom or whatever? Well, the the my my bedroom in the morning with the pups all around me is probably my happy place that I can get to. Yeah. Um, if I could uh, go someplace quickly, it would be uh, either Copenhagen or Edinburgh, Scotland. those yeah I just every time I'm there I just feel like I'm home either place you know I could I could be happy living either place um they're very comforting places to me do you do you have history in either of those places whether it's genetic or whatever or is it just isn't that interesting I I have a tiny bit of Scottish in me but I think it's just that you know I got married there Greg and I went there for our our wedding many moons ago and we've been going back every 10 years so we got married there we went there in 2008 so we got married in 98 went there in 2008 and then went there in 2018 and every time we get there i just feel like i'm home you know we we usually tend to go to the same types of places and stay in the same areas and so i just feel like it's my vacation home you know, and so I'm comfortable there. And Copenhagen, we just went there once for Greg's work. I had never been there. I didn't know anything about it. And I was invited to go along with and I was like, I don't know anything about I don't even know, you know, what what the people look like. I don't know (laughs) anything about it. And I got there and everybody looked like me, because I was blonde and Everybody spoke English and everybody thought we were Danish. So they would come and speak to us in Danish. And then I'd have to say, oh, sorry, I don't speak Danish. And then they'd move right into English. And, you know, it was, everybody was friendly. The food was good. It's just, so we went back there a couple times too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like a almost like a cultural connection in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. Know. I feel like they're my people, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I have any. I mean, I did the twenty three in me, and I I don't have any Danish yeah. in me. I have Norwegian, but yeah, I yeah. That's have so Danish. interesting. How certain, you know, how you gravitate towards certain cultures. Just, yeah, yeah. I felt actually the same when I went to New York City. As soon as we got there and walked through Central Park, I sent Greg a text and I said, "I'm not coming home." Come and bring the dogs because I'm home now and I'm staying there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was only there for a couple of days, but but I love New York City too. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, so the last part of my episodes uh, kind of flips the tables a little bit and asks, how do you bring comfort to other people? All right. What do you like to do? What's your go-to trick to perk somebody up? I'm a good listener. And so... I like to, you know, if someone's having a rough day or whatever, if they want to talk about it, I'm happy to listen. Um, I try not to be too Pollyanna-ish and always turn it around to, oh, but it could be worse. Or, oh, you know, think of the bright side. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you can do that. 
Um, but just talking things through with people, I think, is comforting. I like to cook for people. Um, I like to, I'm an empath, and so I tend to take on whatever somebody mm-hmm. else is feeling. Um, but I also, um, I'm an idea person, so I like to like give people ideas for what they can do to help their situation or something I think they'd be great at. Like when I suggested that you start a podcast with your, your book. Um, <laughs> Boy, did you light the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, and that also is then comforting to me to, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of selfish when you're helping somebody else and it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a win-win, but it almost feels like it's selfish because I get excited when somebody else feels good because of something I said or did, you know? That makes sense. Yeah. I, and I'm seeing echoes of how you were saying with the, with the true crime thing, you like to solve puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I think if somebody has a problem or isn't mm-hmm. feeling great, it is, it's kind of like a puzzle. Okay, how can we make this better? Absolutely. Which pieces are going to fit? I just love this idea of talking about kind of simple, happy things with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's interesting because, so this is only episode number two, so you're only the second person I've spoken to. Yeah. But the conversations are so different, even though I kind of gravitate toward the same themes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's fascinating to see how people, you know, bring bring that warm, safe, cozy feeling to themselves and what, yeah. what they use to get there. Yeah, so. and I think this is a great idea for a podcast, too, because there's a lot of people out there looking for comfort that are feeling mm-hmm. out of sorts or, you know, especially with all this stuff that's going on right now uh, with the everything. Um, everything. <laughs> everything. I would start naming things, but then that would just be a downer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. We'll be here. We'll be here till tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we can still laugh. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's going to be really nice for people to to listen to these and, and get some ideas of their own. Maybe they'll be like, oh, hey, maybe I'll try that. Or Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. And at worst, they'll have, you know, a home-cooked meal yeah. based on somebody's recipes. So. Yeah. Yeah. The other when we were talking before about if I should do a food or a drink and the, the drink that really is comforting to me is coffee with Bailey's Irish cream and a little whipped cream on top. Yes. That used to be my go-to when I would, when I was working and I would have to drive home in the snow ice, like when there's a storm or something and it takes two hours to get a 15 minute drive. Um, and I would I would just be in the car being like, it'll only be another half an hour before I get my coffee and Baileys. And I would go home and make my coffee and Baileys because I'd be freezing and and annoyed with traffic. And then by the time I get home and put that together, it's not really a recipe, so I didn't really want to use it as a recipe. But it is definitely something that is very comforting. It was your shining beacon in the dark cold yes. night. Yeah. Baileys, Baileys, <laughs> Baileys. Baileys. I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> this episode's but no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> no, I, I have to um I actually stopped drinking a couple years ago for no other reason than I was having panic attacks and I was trying to figure out what was oh. contributing. So I don't do it anymore, but at Christmas every year I would buy a bottle of Bailey's and that was I would either put it in hot chocolate or coffee yeah. and that was my little or even just on ice, that was my little treat. Yep. I love it. It's really good even with um club soda. It makes kind oh. of a, like a soda, like an egg cream kind of. Ooh. Yeah, it's really tasty. That reminds me, I 
I was going to mention, you mentioned panic attacks. I used to have panic attacks pretty bad. Like I thought I was dying. Yes. And I know that's what they are basically. And I think it's because my heart, um, it skips a beat once in a while. Yep. It'll just Mm -hmm. be like bump, 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 and then it'll stop. And then Mm. bump, 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 like it's trying to catch up. Yeah. And I went through a period where I thought that, that, that would happen. And I thought I was dying. I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. And then it would spiral into a full-blown panic attack and I'm shaking and my gut's turning and all of that. And so one of the things that, um, that I used to calm myself and talk myself down from that was music. And it was a band called Trespassers William. Do you know who they are? I don't. They're they're not around anymore. And their music is just so beautiful and calming. And so I always had their music on my phone so that if I, no matter where I was or whatever, I could just pop my headphones in and put that on and just try and breathe and calm myself out of it. And then I listened to it so much that I, I got to the point where all I had to do is close my eyes and I could hear the music in my head. Oh, and it would nice. help to calm me. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that always really helped, too. Yeah. I mean, music in general does that for me, too. Yeah, I feel the same way. And with the, with the, my trick with the panic, so my panic attacks were exactly what you just described. And, um, in fact, the intro and outro music for this podcast is an instrumental kind of version of a song I wrote about this one really, really bad panic attack. But my little trick and it worked most of the time, was to get on my phone, go to YouTube, and look up, uh, like, cat fail videos. (laughs) And it was just, or baby fail, or whatever, just, like, animals and babies falling down and doing (laughs) stupid things. And for some reason, like, because it's so silly and a little bit predictable, because you know somebody's going to fall on their face, and there was just, there was comfort in that, and it distracted me. Just enough, mm-hmm. you know, and then sometimes I would do some uh, like Pilates movements and breathing exercises mm-hmm. and um, and then you're like controlling your muscles because so, the shaking uh, is hard to stop. And those things worked for me. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting tangent to go on. And I, I guess we could extend this a little bit. Uh, this summer, I went to Canada to visit my family. We hadn't been home for three years. I think it was breakfast and they were doing mimosas and I said, no, I stopped drinking because I had panic attacks. And all of a sudden, I'd say all the women and half the men brought up that they had experienced also panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And for the women, a lot of them seemed to be right around when they turned 40. And uh, and as I'm learning now, that seems to be a thing. Yeah. So I don't know if it has to do with like perimenopause or some other thing, but uh, listeners, if you're out there and you're <laughs> experiencing this, I didn't know when it was happening to me. I think it would have helped if yeah. I knew that, hey, it's kind of an, not normal necessarily, but it, it's a thing. It happens, yeah. you know, somewhat common. Um, I think, I think to talk yourself off the ledge when it's happening to go, okay, no, that that's what this is. Mm-hmm. I'm not dying. Yes, it's scary, but everything's going to be okay. You know, I, but then I there's always important. that part of you that goes, but what if this is the time that I'm dying? <laughs> right, you know? know, so then you have to fight that too. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. I know it is, but, but, you know, I had them a long time ago and I'm still alive. So, you know, yes. you're probably not dying. <laughs> right. That's how <laughs> I feel it too like is it. It, it's been a little while now. So when I feel them start to come on, 
I recognize it. And yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. And try to nip it in the bud. And I, yeah. I think that really, you know, once you learn your strategies, it, you kind of have to do trial by fire, I think, yeah. and just live it and figure it out. See what works. See what works for you. But yeah. I think just talking about it with other people, I'm amazed how many people now yeah. that I've talked about mine say, oh, gosh, that's happened to me. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, why didn't I talk about this the first time when I was like 18? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think we a lot of us when we experience anything that is unusual, we think we're alone. We think mm-hmm. we're the only one that this happens to. And then once you say something, you find out, oh, it's not, it's actually quite frequent or quite common. Yeah. And I'm not a weirdo because this is happening. Um, right. You know, the same thing with, um, you know. I'm discovered that I'm probably ADHD by mm-hmm. watching TikToks about it. People would say, you know, do you ever experience this? Blah blah blah, and I'm like, oh my god, that's me. I, I just mm-hmm. thought I was a weird one. You know, I thought that was that was just me. And now I'm finding that so many people around me are getting diagnosed in their 30s, 40s, 50s, yep. and it's yeah, it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's comforting to it find is. out that you're you're not alone in right. whatever it is you're you're living. You know, yeah. at our house it's autism, but it, it's it's just knowing or even I hate to use labels, but even having some kind of a label, no matter how vague, to go, Oh, that's what that is. That's why this I do this or that's why this happens or I feel this way. Yeah. It it really it does bring comfort. It does. It really does. It does. And you're like, Okay, I get it now. This makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah, and then you yeah. can find tools to help navigate yes. things too. Absolutely. So, yep. Yeah, that's a whole. This is a whole other great, great comfort conversation. Yeah. Really, you yeah. know, kind of a more in depth one, but um, an important one. But yeah, I mean, it's it's good to find other people that are experiencing the same things you are, and and you won't you won't feel so alone. You won't. Mm-hmm. You have someone to bounce stuff off of, and yeah, yeah. Just talk about it, man. Just talk. Yeah, I know. That's the lesson. And it took me a very long time to learn it. But being more open, mm-hmm. sure, it opens you up to getting hurt. But uh, gosh, mm-hmm. since I started kind of being more open just with everything, my music and just mental health and everything else, it really has opened me up to actually let more light in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's. I don't feel more vulnerable. I actually feel stronger. So mm-hmm. if that helps anybody else out there. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, being open is the ticket. Yep. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Amy, thank you so much. This You're is welcome. such such a great conversation. Yeah. I always love chatting with you. Yeah, and, this was fun. Yeah. Thank and you oh, so much. And, and I will mention it in my intro and outro, but before I go really quickly, um, you have a new podcast kind of in the works that yep. you and I actually spoke about, uh, Tales from the Shift. Yeah. And uh, we talked about my time working overnight at a convent in yes. my late teens. No joke. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> just to give people a little idea. Yeah. But um, yeah, do you want to say a little quick something about, about that project? Sure. So it's um, I'm going to be interviewing people who have stories about things that happen to them at work. Um, fun things, scary things, silly things, any kind of work-centered, um, interesting stories. So I'm going to be talking to, I already, uh, as Melissa said, I already interviewed Melissa and I have, I've interviewed one other person who worked for a, um, 
a radio station in the 70s, and her stuff was pretty interesting. And then I'm going to be talking to a nurse, uh, a sex worker, and uh, somebody who was a jail guard. Oh wow! So I that's what I have now. I haven't met with those people yet, but we have it. You know, we're we're on with them, and then um, so I'm also looking for anybody out there who has some interesting stories about something you experienced on the job. And I'm I'm thinking it for it to be that way because like some people might think, oh, being an accountant is boring, but an accountant might have a really interesting story about something that they uncovered or something, you know, that, yeah. you know, as far as much as you can talk about things like that. Kid Ken's accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't go so well for him. Yeah. Oops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the accountant. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because he asked for a severance package when he wanted to oh. leave. You know, you're not supposed to do that with the mob. Yeah. They tend to just there's let rules. You, they let yeah. you go in a different way. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I wanted to just kind of gather some stories and, and share those with people who might find them interesting. I love this idea. So, listeners, it could be you. If it could there's, be you. If you have a unique experience at work, whether it's general, whatever the job you're doing is unique, or uh-huh. you have a regular job, but something unique happened. Yeah. Just a cool story. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to talk to some of these other people, too. Yeah. Do you have an idea, roughly, of when you're hoping to launch? Um, I'm thinking probably January, February. Okay. Well, now that it's December, maybe closer to February. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a bunch of them in the can. Yeah. I want to get a bunch of them done and ready to go before I launch because I don't want to be scrambling, you know, to put something out every week. So. Yeah, like I'm doing right now because yeah. this this episode right now comes out in literally 12 hours and 31 minutes. Oh goodness, so, <laughs> it's okay, it's all right. Wait, yeah, I, I did the same thing with the first season of Olstead Land, and I was I we kept saying we should really record this week, but then mm-hmm. I I wasn't done, and I kept finding more and more stuff, and I was like I can't, I'm not ready yet, and then I ended mm-hmm. up cutting most of it, and that's why we're doing season two with the deep dives because I cut out so much. Oh, but. Yeah, so I, I want to get, get my act together for the next season and be have a few of them. And with the Tales podcast, too, to get enough yes. stories stories done and in the can before I release. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easier that way. It is. Well, thank you again so much, Amy. This yeah. was great. We touched great. on so many things that did. I think are going to be helpful to somebody out there. So. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you have a great day and Thanks. thank you again so yep. much. All right. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And a big thank you to Amy for taking the time to chat with me. Remember to check the show notes for her Dutch baby recipe, as well as links to her fantastic podcasts, Collected Sounds and Volsteadland. And if you have an interesting story to tell about an unusual job you've had, be sure to reach out to her, and you may end up on her upcoming podcast, Tales from the Shift. Be sure to join me next time as we discover more feel-good stories and tips and tricks to bring more cozy, calm, and happy feelings to your day. Before I go, a nod to Canel for the intro and outro music, which is based on a song called The Mess Inside Your Head. Hopefully we've helped calm that mess a little bit today. Take care and talk soon.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.